I got a nap today because I couldn't help it. So I feel pretty good. We're going to start by singing a couple of songs. Uh, first one is going to be Standing on the Promises, which is one of the things that I'm doing with my wife traveling and not here is Standing on the Promises that God will provide for her and keep her safe and keep me with my sanity, with my kids. All righty. song but the song but usually in the churches that my parents visited where we sang it really slow 
And I was like, I always remember it being almost like a dirge. And I was like, why are we singing this so slow? It's an exciting song. All right, Pastor. Yeah, so I went to a church one time, and a guy stands up and says, isn't it great to know that we can have joy unspeakable and full of glory? Let's stand up and sing it. It is joy unspeakable. I was about to scream. You know me. It's like, oh, that was not going to work very well. Anyway. I'll uh, show you a picture real quick. Brother Ken went on his honor trip. Uh, they fly, you fly him out to Washington, D.C., and he had a great time. He may or may not be watching. He was here this morning. Uh, but congratulations, Brother Ken. He did get to uh, go to the, uh, to the Pentagon and see the um, memorial that they put up there. And so it, he was really uh, enamored with that, he said. It was really something. So congratulations to him. just want to show you that picture and let you see uh, what was going on there. We'll do some prayer requests. Probably most of you have heard, but if not, uh, Tim Vandergrift uh, yesterday was taken to the hospital by ambulance. Uh, what has happened is apparently there's some blood clots that have blocked off uh, the, the arteries feeding his bowel, and his bowel is dead and will not function. Uh, the surgery that they would normally do to try to repair something like this, which is pretty extensive, uh, the doctor said would kill him. So they have put him on comfort care and to waiting for the Lord to take him. Um, unless the Lord intervenes in some way, they don't see any way. So they've put him on heparin, which requires them to put him in ICU. And the idea of the heparin is to keep the pain down uh, for, um, you know, because it puts a lot of stress on his whole body through these blood clots. They're trying to clear off some of those blood clots and keep the pain down for him. He's alert and awake. Uh, he knows that uh, they have basically said to him, you're here until you die. Um, so in true form, here's Brother Tim. Miss Nancy, the doctor leaves. Miss Nancy says, Tim, do you understand what they said to you? And he said, yeah, you're going to put me in the ground. <laughs> and he's laughing. Nancy's crying, and I'm trying to just... Uh, hold all this together for everybody, so somebody's texting me, I don't know if it's, uh, it's Ken McKinney, see what he wanted to say, uh, Brother John, if and when you get a chance, uh, we would like to see the picture, there it is, so if you can put that picture back up there for Brother Ken, we've already shown it Brother Ken, but we'll put it up there again for you, so that you can see it, we'll just leave it there while I uh, do this, and then you can take it off when we go to the next part portion of this, so, um, so anyway, uh, then last night, uh, the, you know, the, he's, his body's going to start poisoning itself. And so last night, it was starting to settle in. He was having some difficulties thinking clearly. This morning when I was there, he was pretty much back uh, to uh, where he can't have visitors, just so you know. Uh, but um, he was pretty much back to being Brother Tim. I walked in. I was wearing my mask, and he knew who it was. Hey, Brother John. Uh, and I asked him how he was doing, and he said, well, I feel like a pen cushion. And he uh, laughed, uh, asked me how Nancy was doing. And uh, so anyway, uh, they did not let Miss Nancy stay all night up there, which was probably of the Lord because she needed to rest. She was exhausted. So she got some sleep last night, and so the family's working through all this. Having said all of that, let me tell you what, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it over the airways, and I hope that I'm not hurting anyone on the other end of this, but it says the family just had a meeting with the doctor. He said that they have seen some improvement in Tim's numbers today, but I'm going to tell you that that's an expected thing because of the medication that they put him on. Uh, the bowel being dead, it's, it's literally rotting inside of his body, and it's not going to, I mean, it would take the, God can do whatever God wants to do, right? He can, but it would take that. Uh, they pumped 12 two-liter bottles of fluid off of his stomach. Um, it's black, and it's basically blood and bile. So um, anyway, it, that's the situation. Pray for Miss Nancy and uh, pray for Brother Tim. I was telling the people this morning, every now and again I don't hold it together. Okay, just so you know, I'll give you a warning, but I'm doing pretty good tonight. So, um, But uh, when I first came here, so 31 years ago, the very first like major pastoral thing I had to do was visit Brother Tim in the hospital. They had gone to Cedar Point, 
they're either in line or on the roller coaster, I don't remember, and he began vomiting and whatever, and uh, they were found out that he had a strangulated hernia. They had to do surgery up in Cleveland, and so Melody and I jumped in the car and ran up there. That was kind of my first, my first uh, duty as a uh, pastor. Uh, we have three of those people still coming to our church uh, that were here to, to vote me in, and Tim and Nancy and Miss Vicki are those three, so um, of the 15 that were here when I first came, all of them are with the Lord, and, but they stayed with us until they went with the Lord. And so, anyway, so just uh, pray for that. Then, then their, their, the first funeral I ever preached was their son-in-law's brother, and uh, so there's just a lot of history there. You know, the church they've been around. They got saved uh, just shortly before I came. They've only been saved for about 35 years, and so uh, you know they. Um, so it's just sweet. So. He knows the Lord. <laughs> And um, he's going to heaven, and we can rejoice with that, and uh, we're going to rejoice with it, right? We start out as others, we have no hope, and uh, he's, he's ready to go, and he is, he's ready to go. So, uh, anyway, pray for them. Pray for Judy Spain, her van is not working again. She's fine, van's not, but if the van's not working, she's not working, you understand? She can't go anywhere without the van, so uh, we're, we've gotten the van in, trying to get it fixed again. Problem is, it's just a 2014 van, um, 2006 van. I'm sorry, 14 years old, whatever. It's 2006 van, and it's just showing its wear. So, if um, anybody knows about a a wheelchair accessible van, needs to have a, a, a hydraulic lift on it. Uh, that that uh, would be something to be looking for. I don't know if they can afford it, but something to look for. And then I'll just remind you that the sheets. Their last Sunday will be this coming Sunday, and they're moving uh, into a retirement place that's near a daughter. And uh, so, um, anyway, so what do you have for us to be praying about? Joy and Gail. Gail's in Italy. Joy's in Greece. So they're neighbors, but... uh, Anyway, so they're on both on separate trips, and uh, so just pray that they'll make it back. Pray for the kids and the husbands while they're gone, uh, all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, Brian? Doing, dealing with that. Uh, she's pretty scared, but, uh, okay. How are you doing dealing with that? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm anxious to talk to the surgeon. Okay. So we haven't actually talked to the surgeon yet? No. Okay. So uh, she does have a cancer, and they're going to have to remove that mass on her lung. Is it on her lung or in her lung? It's in her lung. It is a cancer. Lung. It's a congenital. Oh, it's not a cancer. No. Okay. I'm sorry, I thought you said it is. No, no, it's not cancer. Okay. 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 It just keeps. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Okay. We're looking to have some surgery, so pray for Miss Andrea. She knows about it, so you don't have to be delicate, you know. But that doesn't mean you have to bombard her with questions, right? So just so you're aware. Scott. She has had a melanoma removed on Monday. It was a pretty good-sized, deep uh, melanoma, and so still waiting to hear some more word back on that, but uh, she's sore and struggling to recover from all of that surgery. Ms. Loretta?
Worker witnessing to him and just prayed that uh, he would be open to uh, the gospel. And another co worker has been in the hospital with some heart issues. Pray for her. And I'm looking because I'm guessing these might be prayer requests. This is from Miss Vicki. My stepdaughter, Lisa Weatherford, will be having reconstructive surgery. She had a mastectomy uh, recently, so reconstructive surgery on Friday. So uh, pray for Lisa. She was due like five five weeks ago or something. <laughs> okay, all right. So pray for Hannah. So as far as I know, by the way, Miss Liz has not had her baby yet either. So this is a week overdue today. So is that still true? Is that right, Nate? You know? She acknowledged. Okay, so pray for Hannah. Pray for Liz. These stubborn babies, you know. Hey, uh, the Lord's timing is always good, right? So we'll just trust the Lord with those. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the opportunity to be here again. We ask that you would uh, bless uh, our different things that are going around uh, the building here, that you'd be at the college students and visitors that would come in there for uh, Awana and uh, things that are going on there. For uh, just ask you to be with these prayer requests and meet these needs in a very special way. Be with the teenagers they need as well. Uh, be with Brother Tim, Miss Nancy. Uh, hearts break for them, and yet we rejoice in knowing that uh, soon Brother Tim would be with you, unless you would intervene in some other way. We pray that you just comfort hearts and help us to uh, lean upon your hope, uh, the needs of those who are traveling, that you'd watch over them and give them traveling mercies, get them back to us. These two families have lost uh, family members. We pray that you would just encourage them and use these things to uh, draw them to your side. These two that are being uh, opportunities for witness at work, John and Loretta, that you would just give them, uh, you know, that boldness and that wisdom and how to bring the gospel into the conversations. You would 
accomplish great things there. Pray that you would uh, see with the sheets as they get ready to make this major move, that you would just watch over them and uh, bring them back to us. Uh, for the silent request, you meet that need in a, in a special way. And for these that are in and out of the hospital trying to figure out what's going on, trying to recover from surgeries, that you would just help those things to uh, to work. Be with Miss Andrea, give the doctors wisdom as they try to figure out what to do with this mass in the lung. They can get that out of there, minimal complications, and and uh, get her back up and uh, doing the things that she would like to be doing with her family here at the church. Uh, bless Doc as he uh, brings your word to us, and we'll thank and praise you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'll mention this to you real quick. We had five first-time visitors Sunday. I mean, we, always, we seem to always have first-time visitors on Sundays, but five was unusual. So, uh, you know, just pray. Lord's open door. We had another, another couple first-time visitors tonight. So, Lord's doing some things there, so that's exciting. So. Come on up. A couple more songs. All of these, I think, can tie in a little closer to our message there. So we'll just pay close attention to the, the words here and stick them in the back of your mind. Complete in me no work of mine.
Well, I was just, I just looked up to acknowledge the fact that you were leaving. <laughs> so this morning, um, <clears throat> there are circumstances in life and events in life that um, for each of us bring uh, an emotional response, um, tears. The pastor has a set of things that bring tears in his life. We all know that. Um, we just passed a, a, uh, an event on Sunday that, <clears throat> for me, um, just thinking about 9-11 um, brings a whole host of emotions. Um, and when, when, I, when Ken was talking about this and we've been working for him to get on this honor flight to go out to D.C., and if you have any family members that are veterans of his age, I would strongly suggest you get them on one of those flights. It is, it is, a, it is a testimony to our history. Um, it's a positive moment in many of these men's men and women's lives um, to what they did, to what they saw, to where they've gone, uh, etc. And... Uh, I, I, I'm going to kind of repeat what I said this morning. 9-11, um, um, there, are, there are events in life that you can see, hear, smell, feel. Um, the Tuesday after 9-11, I was standing in the Pentagon. Recalled active duty. There wasn't a place in that entire building that you could not smell the smoke. There was residual smoke in the entire building. And uh, <clears throat> all of us that were there that were either called in or, or, or the 40-some thousand that are in that office building, it is the largest office building in the world. It's, uh, it's a pentagon, five-sided, five stories, five rings deep. And when they built that building in the 1940s during World War II, they built it in such a way because back then, um, you know, there there weren't telephones, there weren't there wasn't telegraph basically, there wasn't weren't computers, there weren't. You, you, in order to to communicate, you you went, and literally within a couple of minutes from any any place in that building, um, you could get to another office on another ring on another layer. Uh, floor um, literally that quickly because of the way it was designed. It was, it's an amazing design in and of itself. Um, but the, the building itself, um, in, the, in the 1990s, there was an awareness of the fact that the, the building was going to either have to be demoed, and that did not, that the, the verbiage of that did not go over well anywhere um, in Washington or in the military, because that, that's that's, that's our home, if you will. And uh, what was realized that if, if we were going to continue to use the building, we basically had to do a complete gut and rebuild. And so back in the 90s, a, a plan had been put in place that they were going to do five sections. Basically, they'd split a face in half, figuratively speaking, uh, and block it off and then go around the corner, if you will, to the next one and do the same thing. And so they had these five um, sections of the Pentagon, um, and they, w what they did is they basically took the building, everything that was inside the building, back to the concrete. Um, there was nothing left, literally. They took all the HVAC out, they took all the electric out, they took all the plumbing out, they took everything out, because everything was so antiquated and, 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 and um, out of uh, code, really. And so it was dangerous. Um, plus, because of some of it, there were... Um, there were some rats the size of elephants, I think, um, in the in the basement where we still had to work. I mean, so but the, the, but the point is, is that as they were going through this um, this process of rebuilding, uh, gutting and rebuilding the Pentagon, um, and it, this is this was not coincidence, all right? It could not have been coincidence. Um, I mean, those of us that were chaplains that were there and others. We realized God had a plan in place, and He basically set the order and sequence for the reconstruction of the Pentagon. 
knowing the future. And so they, they could have started anywhere around that building um, in terms of the, 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 re, the rebuild. Uh, the, and, but, so it's just, and I say coincidentally, I don't, I don't know how else, what else word to use, but the, the face of the building in the adjacent sections of the building uh, to where that airplane went in had already been renovated to 21st century um, code. Full, full um, fire suppression, full automatic doors closing, full sectionalization of the, of the building automatically as soon as, you know, there was a the fire alarm rang or anything, you know, on the, on the whole fire security system. And while it was a tragedy and we did lose lives, if, if that plane had hit any place else in the, in the building, the entire building would have been on fire because there was nothing in the rest of the building. And there was, you know, a lot of it was still wood construction and so forth and so on. And, and, so, and so as we looked at this, it, and as we all came to grips with this, because um, we would have lost the majority of both the civilian and the military leadership of the, of the military if that had happened anywhere else. And we really were, were blessed beyond measure that, that we... And so, I, and I just say that to, to, to say, we have events in life that, that remember them. And, and I, was, I was thrilled when Ken, uh, Ken, Ken and I were talking about it, and I knew where he was standing when he was looking at the Air Force, Memorial, and then where he was, that picture was taken. Um, he was actually standing on the backside of the uh, the, uh, the World War II Memorial, looking down toward Lincoln, uh, and and so forth. And you talk about Washington; it brings a lot of positive and negative emotions for some of us. Okay, and so that event for me was very significant, but. We're going to look at another event in, in human history today, um, and, it, and it relates to our salvation um, and the, the locations that we were at when we came to know the Lord and what was going on elsewise um, is something to to recall and to to reflect on, um, and, and it ought to it ought to cause emotions to arise in our in our hearts and minds when we think about it, and that's why I had. Um, I had uh, a couple of songs. Now, I, I want to do a little bit of a review and, and kind of go back to the scriptures for a few minutes to just make sure that we're, when we think about this whole idea of our salvation and what does it really, what is it really supposed to accomplish, um, we, we grab a hold of some things like this. First John 1, 4, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. One of the fascinating elements of this verse is a very small pronoun. It's we. There was only one John. He was the writer. Who, who else is included in that pronoun? Well, when I see the word write, and I think about the scriptures, I think about inspiration, I immediately realized that you know God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are are instrumental in that that writing process. And so I when I when I saw this uh, and this I, and I saw this years and years ago. It's one of the first times I, I saw this verse. I was a very young Christian, and I connected the writings of Scripture to the second half of the verse that your joy may be full. So if if I ask Myself, ask myself the question, so the reason that we have these Bibles that we carry is so that we can know it so that our joy can be full. And from all the way back then when you know, I was in my 20s when I came to know the Lord, I, I fully realized that if I take this verse um, literally, it's basically telling me the degree to which I know this book is going to have a direct connection to the level of joy I have in my life. And as we think about this idea of the intimacy of Christ, uh, we have to ask questions like this. Is this true for me? I mean, is my joy full? Is your joy full? Are you full of joy? 
um, true or false? Is it reality or is it just wishful thinking? We are, are, you, are you saying, I sure wish that my, my life was full of joy? And there's really no excuse, no, ex, no, no reason for it not to be um, because God has told us that I wrote this so that your joy would be full. And it, the, the, the longer I think about things like this, the more amazed I am at, at how God designed this in, in such a simple manner. And uh, so we, we sang, I've, I've got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. But there is a, a little prepositional phrase at, at the end of um, the three verses. The first one that says, you know, I've got joy. The second one is, I've got the love of Jesus. And the third one is, I've got peace that passes understanding. And while the kids sing this, I think about it as an adult. And I look at the last sentence of, of each of those, and it's down in my heart. What? To stay. Permanent residence. So joy, love of Jesus, and peace that surpasses or that passes understanding is to permanently reside within me. Um, it, 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 Brenda and I were talking about this this morning at breakfast, and I was just saying to her, and we were just chit-chatting about how easy it is for that to somehow or another slip out of reality, uh, and 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 for it not to be. And so, and again, I, I asked the question: Is this my reality, or is this just wishful thinking? That it that it can stay, that it should stay, that it will stay um, down in my heart. And then when we go to complete in Him, just that beginning statement, complete in Him. If we just sing that without giving it a lick of thought, we miss something of of immense significance. Um, Complete in Him. And then in the first verse, it it then then, uh, follows with this phrase, no work of mine. And when you when we think about this whole idea of being complete in Him, and then there's this definitive statement, "No work of mine. I didn't I didn't do anything to make this happen. I am complete in Him because." And then this is what's what's in the rest of the verses here that's that's so significant for us. The blood hath pardoned, bought for me, complete in Him. And we go through, we can go through each of these verses. Each want supplied. No more sin. Um, and then, you know, among the chosen, I shall be at thy right hand. And then we, then we have the, the chorus, which comes after each of these. When we're, and we have here, yea, justified, O blessed thought, and sanctified salvation wrought. The blood hath pardoned, bought for me, and glorified I too shall be. It's interesting that the these words, justified, sanctified, and glorified, have, have this little two-letter suffix added to the word, ed, justified, past tense, sanctified, past tense, glorified, past tense. But then he goes on to say, I too shall be. The glorification, the, the, the decision for, the, for you, me, to be glorified, has been made, and in God's eyes, I'm glorified. But He knows it's not yet, and and the, the the writer of this, you know, makes that really really clear. And so, the question for us becomes this: Am I complete in Him? True or false? Um, it 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 comes down to, essentially, either I'm a believer or I'm not a believer. Only believers are complete in Him. It's a very, very special relationship that, that, that we have um, when this is, in fact, the case. And so I, I want to just kind of go back for a minute and, and just make sure that we have a solid comprehension of this. When did God's love for mankind begin? We looked at this last week, but I want to... John 3.16, we say that many, many times, but do we really, do we really allow it to, to grab a hold of our minds and our thinking and our lives? In eternity past, 
um, God's love for mankind was established and God began exercising that in, in his providence in eternity past. When did God's love begin? Where, when did God's love for you begin? Okay, and that's now we're going to move from this, this this marvelous, you know, for God so loved the world, to the idea of God's love for us as individuals. Again, it's in eternity past, um, as we looked last week at First John four nineteen, another verse to to just you know ponder often. When did God choose? Before creation. If we're in Christ, that decision was made before creation occurred. Again, in eternity past, before, before time as we, as, as these time-bound humans, um, find ourselves living with, God made the decision. Um, and and this, it's one of the struggles that we have, and we'll, we'll talk about the issue of faith and, and living in faith and what does faith mean, and hopefully before we get done tonight. Uh, and we'll get started. So, so who chose who? God chose you and me, in, from John 15. And as we wrestle with this, if we if we don't comprehend the fact that God chose you and me, and He had uh, He had a He had a a responsibility in that that we will never fully understand. Um, but we just have to believe what it says in John 15:16, and say, "So be it." Um, I, I can't wrap, uh, wrap my head around this one. Uh, and then when we start to toss things into the equation, such as free will and other things along that line, but at the end of the day, we, we have to say, "Okay, so I get the theology, and I get the confusion that the theology sometimes creates. But nevertheless, as I look at this, I'm complete in Him because He chose me." You're complete in Him because He chose you, and 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 that that should have some substantial impact in terms of the way we're living our lives. What happened when God chose us? And this is the fun part: we became a new fruit. You know, it's and I I love that. You know, we talk about fruit, and sometimes we say people are fruity and and other things along that line. Well, but in in, in these passages in in Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen, First uh, Corinthians three sixteen, Galatians. Uh, 22-23 the whole idea is the fruit of the Spirit and, and all of that is we became a new fruit um, God, God has a, a marvelous sense of humor in terms of the terms that he uses to try to describe us and to help us to comprehend this and so the question that, that we have to ask again and again and again is are you sure? Are you certain? Is is there is there a, a recognition? How can we know for sure? And this is this is this is perhaps the the, the more important piece, um, because how we come to these conclusions um, becomes extremely important. And 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 the reason why we need to know these things is because the noise in your soul dissipates and it dissipates and disappears. If we are sure of this relationship, if we're sure that we're complete in Him, if we're sure that He has chosen us, if we're sure that He, you know, loved me before the beginning of creation, and so when we when we when we kind of start to wrap this together, when we when we look at this idea of a road to intimacy, and. Um, the, it's, it's, it's an interesting um, word picture for us. And when we think about a road, there's this starting point and an ending point. Um, whenever you take a trip, you know, you're going to start at A and you're going to end up at B. And there, there can be some places along the line or there can be events along the line or whatever the case may be. So what, what I can't do and what no one else can do is to give you your map because I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what that map is going to look like. I don't know where you're going to, you know, where you're going to go, what the circumstances of life are going to be. Um, all I know is that there's a, there's a point in time as, it, as, it's, as we look at it here, is it, there's a point in time when we have a new heart 
and, and I structured this next phrase deliberately, a faithful soul. Our soul is to be full of faith. That's God's intention. Um, and do we understand all that necessarily? No. And then from, from Galatians uh, 5, there's the idea of, and all of this is God's work, all right? Um, and when we talk about salvation, we talk about com- being, being complete in Him, etc., etc. This is what God did. This is what God is doing. And, and he, he, he didn't, you know, go on vacation. He didn't take a nap. He didn't, you know, he is, he, God is still at work. Um, and he's, people are, there are people coming into the body of Christ today with a new heart. They, they become full of faith and, and their lives are remarkably and, and significantly changed when they become, when the fruit of the Spirit becomes characteristic of who we are. Um, and so we have to, at the same time, be realistic. And so I, I, these couple of reminders. Um, uh, an unregenerate heart equals no Holy Spirit equals no new fruit. I don't expect some, you know, it's, we have this, this silly little way of saying things that, you know, I don't expect a cat to act like a dog. I don't expect, you know, a horse to act like a snake or anything along that line. And therefore, I don't expect an unregenerate person to act like a regenerate person. And this is where I, last week I, I used the phrase impossible because they're not the same being. They're not the same species. They're not the same kind. And so, remember at the same time, and all you have to do is go out into the world and talk to anybody, and basically, and talk to people on a regular basis, and, and you, you will very quickly uh, come to the conclusion that the rest of the world is, a very, no, is very noisy. Their souls are very noisy. Um, and, and, and they... They don't know what to do with it. They are overwhelmed with it. <clears throat> and, and, and so and the, that which they're overwhelmed with is anger and fear, discouragement and despair, anger and, and, and uh, I should have anxiety and fear, anger and frustration, bitterness and hatred, lust and, uh, and greed, guilt and shame, possessions and positions, obsessions, addictions, entertainment and recreation. It, it doesn't take very long to realize that this is the normal norm for the unsaved person. And, and when, when, we, when, when the moment of regeneration takes place and we have a new heart and we have a soul full of, of faith and, and we, we now are a new fruit, we have new capacity and everything else, all of this is, is, is able to be handled and taken care of and it, and it ought to uh, disappear. And so... Um, and Darren and I were talking this morning. Uh, Darren, um, your last name just escaped me. Huh? Smith. It's so simple I can't remember. Uh, um, and uh, we, we talk a lot. And we, the, one of, both of us comment all the time on how God orchestrates different messages and songs and so forth. Um, and on Sunday, um, Pastor used Proverbs 3 4, and Darren was uh, dealing with Proverbs or Psalms 4 8. But and we're going to come to them in a minute, but when we talk about this, this road to intimacy, it begins, all right? There is a beginning point. There is a starting point. When your heart and soul begins to become quiet, right? And, and the quieting of our soul is, 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 is an essential aspect of who, of who we become in Christ. And Because of the significance of, of regeneration and the Holy Spirit coming and living within us, and I, I mentioned this last week, I, I would assume, and, and maybe this is a false assumption on my part, but I, I, I repeatedly, in, in conversations with people, you know, they can identify when their heart and soul began to become quiet in, in the context of their salvation. And, and this, this being overwhelmed starts to just kind of... Some people it's more radical and more rapid than others, but it, it's still... Then we have this idea, it continues through life, okay? This is, you know, this is... We, we sometimes use the word progressive sanctification, the continual work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Um, and, and so it, it should continue through our lives so that the noise in our soul, your soul, 
continues to dissipate, dissipate and disappears. And if, if you want if you want to measure measure this, let's look at, at, at what what it said what is said in in Psalm four. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for Thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Now, Darren, uh, to illustrate this, uh, was talking about his dad, and his dad, um, every night when he's going to sleep, he's you know praying and talking to the Lord and so forth, and and uh, he said, and we know when when dad's at peace because everybody else in the house can hear it. And he just goes to sleep very easily. In other words, it just and it's 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 something that that just takes no time whatsoever as he lays down. There's a peace that, that surpasses all understanding and he falls asleep. Because there is this quietness of his heart. And he's, he, he's living in the reality of the Lord maketh us to dwell in safety. That's, you know, being wrapped up in, in the Lord's cocoon, if you will. So, as, as we look at this, <clears throat> you know, David says here, I will both, I will do both of these things. I will lay down in peace and sleep. You know, it's one thing to lay down, it's another thing to be at peace. But, but, this, this is an indication of a heart and a soul that has, is experiencing um, the full-blown reality of what it really means to be in Christ, to be complete in Him, to have all of that as a, as a full reality in terms of what's going on in my life. And then in Proverbs 3.24, um, When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Now, the question I guess I would ask is, how many nights of the week is your sleep sweet? Right? Is, is there this peace and you can lie down? And, and so what I would suggest to you is, if you're, when you're, if you're on the road to intimacy with the Lord... Both of these verses will be verses that you're experiencing practically. They aren't just a, they aren't a, just a theoretical idea, um, and and so the the, um, the 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 idea that somehow or another sleep can be be sweet is is an amazing thing. I mean, pe- people talk about their turbulent night sleep. Now, I used to sleep. Very, very well. And then I got old. And, 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 you know, what do you have to do? You have to run to the restroom, you know, multiple times a night and, and stuff. But there are times when, you know, I, I will get up and do that and I will I go right back to sleep. Um, and, it's, and it's rare that, that, I, that I, I don't um, anymore. And so, I, and I... And I, I I personally see this as, as a reality in terms of what's going on. Now, as we, as we walk through this, I'm going to start to work through um, this is bits and pieces from, from both of those uh, song, the song and the chorus, but it's also um, pulling together um, some of the, the details of, of the, the book that Pastor took us through, um, um, the, the Art of Divine Contentment, and then we're going to put it together with this biblical intimacy, but the in the middle is the foundation for all of this, right? And so, and in, in that complete in Him, there was justified, sanctified, glorified, and it's it is all of that is inseparably tied together. It's it's a it's a complete package. And so, as we as we look at this, the the idea of justification, which is the amazing work that's directly associated with, with the work of Christ on the cross and then the work of the Holy Spirit applying that, that justification process. So that's the starting point. And here we have both the idea of the gift of faith and, and, and then the living by faith. You know, we, we see both of these phrases in the New Testament in particular. And 
the the idea of the gift of faith. I mean, understand that that we don't concoct faith in our own way, in our own mind. This is a gift from God, and it it's, it gives us the the capacity to then begin to move forward from that moment in time when all of a sudden we've been given this gift of faith that we did not have previously. And then there's a gift that's by faith in the sense of we then can, by faith, come two things. One is the gift itself to have faith itself. But then there's the gift of faith, which is, which is something that we need to be able to, to move forward. And we see that particularly in this, the second section there in the middle of the triangle, where transformation or sanctification, and it's the walk of faith, to walk in faith. And, and, and that's what we are in the process of doing for the rest of our lives. And as we walk in faith, based on the, the gift of faith, we are then capable of, of seeing all of this change, this transformation, this, this you know, people will say to you, well, what happened in your life? You know, you're, you used to be a cantankerous so-and-so, but you're not anymore. What happened? Well, in all of our lives, there, there, there should be this, this point where you can point back to, yeah, I know when I came to know the Lord, or there was this, I, I can't give it to you uh, by the, at a nanosecond in terms of when it occurred, but there was this period of time when God was doing an amazing work in my life, and I didn't understand it at the time, um, but then... I realized, you know, the the work of regeneration took place, and all of a sudden, I was different. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter at what age that takes place, whether it's a child or an adult, or 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 you know, somebody in a hospital, that, you know, that's approaching death. Um, it and then there's this remarkable change that takes place, and then, you know, in the case of all of us that are here tonight. There's the, 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 the walk in faith. And when we walk in faith, we see all of that stuff that was in that, that those, those multiple lists of things that, that create noise in the soul. We're, we're, we're sort of shedding those things, sort of like the way a, a snake sheds its skin every so often. We, those things are just disappearing and dissipating as we allow the Word of God to dwell within us more richly and more richly and more richly and we're more aware and we're more aware and we're more aware. And we are becoming more and more and more and more Christ-like. And then there's the, this, the glorification point, which is the end point, okay? It's the reward of faith. The reward of, of, of accepting the gift of faith and then walking in faith results in, in the, the reward of faith which, which comes to us at the end point in our lives. Um, and so there's this, and this, this is the entire process that God put together. Um, and it's the, it's the recognition of this that's in the middle that enables us to actually um, move forward in the direction of, of greater intimacy with the Lord and, and, and contentment. <clears throat> And I would suggest to you, as I, as I said it last week, but I'm, it, it bears repeating, I don't think that it's really possible to be content if you don't have an intimate relationship with the Lord. Because when you have an intimate relationship with the Lord, guess what? The joy fills the heart with faith. The peace, etc. And so as we, as we think about this, as we, and from here on out, we're going to start to build into, into this all the pieces and parts that, 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 that will enable us to, to more fully understand and then to experience um, this, this idea of, of having an intimate relationship with the Lord. Questions? Anybody? Okay. I'll, I'll close in prayer and I'll send you home thinking. And uh, I'll ask the question next week. How sweet was your sleep Wednesday night? Let's pray. Thanks, Father, for today. And Lord, I'm thankful for the fact that you've given us, in your word, everything that we could ever ask for 
to have sweet sleep every night, to be at peace throughout every day, <clears throat> regardless of the circumstances that, that, that come our way or the circumstances that are, that are going on out in the world in which we live. And Father, I would just pray that as we, as we grow together in this, as we learn together and as we study together, that, that we would find ourselves just growing in a, a more certain understanding of who we are in Christ. And may we see ourselves, as, as we, we sang, sang this evening, we see ourselves as complete in me. And what a, what a remarkable thought, what a remarkable promise to be able to, to live and understand and to see fulfilled in our lives. And thank you for this evening and for this time together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.